Hello, ako si Descovilan. Kayo ay nakikinig sa bagong Rappler Podcast episode kung saan hihimayin natin ang mga maiinit at makakalagang isyo sa Pilipinas. Ito ang Rappler's News Break, Beyond the Stories. Sa episode na to, tatalakayin natin kung nasaan na ba ang Pilipinas sa vaccination program nito laban sa coronavirus. Ano ba ang herd immunity? Kailan kaya ito maaabot ng bansa? Gaano ba kaimportante ang bakuna para matigil ang pandemya? Kasama ko ngayon si Raptor reporter Sofia Tomacruz who covers the government's pandemic response at reporter Dwight Tilion who covers local governments para pag-usapan ng mga importanteng impormasyon sa isyong ito. Hi Sofia and Dwight, thank you for joining me today. Hi, thank you for having us, Judas. Hi, Judas. So for my first question, this is for Sofia. Sofia, bago tayo mag-dive sa mga importanteng mga technicalities or information, can you tell us first siguro, bakit nga ba importante na magpabakuna laban sa coronavirus? Gaano ba kalaki yung role ng vaccine sa pag-end ng pandemic? Right, so baka maganda nga i-revisit muna yung vaccines mismo. So if you remember, I'm sure we all remember that this time last year, even before that, when the pandemic really took hold of the world, one thing that many people were already talking about at that time, despite all the unknowns, was how a vaccine was needed. And the reason why parang vaccine yung tinutukong solution is because we know that vaccines are really necessary to give a person protection against a disease, in this case, COVID-19. So when we talk about the importance of getting vaccinated, we have to remember that, you know, it really comes down to the role that vaccines play in this pandemic in giving an individual person protection. And and when we talk about that, protection can mean many things, right? As we've seen so far on discussions about the vaccine, it can mean protection against getting symptomatic COVID-19 or COVID-19 where you have symptoms. It can also mean protection against hospitalization and most importantly also protection against death or dying from COVID-19. And again, you can look at it on the level of just you or me or a loved one that you know. So when you talk about vaccines, it's really important to avail of something that will give you protection against a deadly disease. And when you talk about how important it is to get vaccinated and how important vaccinations are, if you think about you, me, and the person you know, and all your friends and family combined, and then you think about communities and populations and entire countries, it's really important to make sure that a lot of people and enough people are vaccinated so that you can reduce deaths and you can reduce hospitalizations and, you know, people won't have to die from this disease anymore. So that's why parang a lot of people are saying they're getting vaccinated, not just because it's for them, but also for their loved ones sa bahay, sa kanina committee. So with those in mind, Sophia, can you tell us, ano na bang updates regarding the government's vaccine rollout so far? Ano na yung mga vaccines na pwedeng gamitin dito? I think ito yung may mga emergency use authorization. At ano na yung mga dumating na at nag-roll out na? So from the seven vaccines that are part of the government's vaccine portfolio, six have already gotten an emergency use authorization in the Philippines. So that would be Pfizer, AstraZeneca, Sinovac, Gamalaya, Johnson & Johnson, and Moderna. The only vaccine that doesn't have emergency approval yet is Novavax, and that's because they haven't applied not just in the Philippines, but in other countries as well, including the U.S., where the, firm, the drug firm is based. 
aside from those seven vaccines that I talked about, you also have Bharat Biotech, which is not part of the government's vaccine portfolio, but already gained conditional emergency approval, just pending a document on their manufacturing details. In terms of what is actually available here in the Philippines, it would be Sinovac, AstraZeneca, Gamalea, Sputnik V vaccine, and also most recently would be Pfizer's vaccine. So that was the latest to arrive here in the Philippines. And I think if we talk about vaccination statistics, well, we haven't reached full vaccination of 1% of our population, although the average daily vaccination rate has increased to about 108,000. 540 individuals, so that's as of May 18, and around 2.31% of the population has gotten the first of two doses. But like I said, we haven't reached full vaccination for 1% of the population. We're still at around 0.72. Grabe, no? Um, once into the program, wala pa tayong 1%. So if you compare our situation, siguro, sa vaccine rollout sa at least ASEAN neighbors natin, kamusta yung face natin? How are we doing? Is this normal for this kind of population that we have or are we parang left being left behind? Right. So let's think about Southeast Asia na lang muna kasi yun naman yung region mm-hmm. natin, diba? So I'm sure you guys have probably seen no, yung mga vaccination statistics that the government rolls out to compare the Philippines with other countries. And it changes from week to week. But oftentimes, it sees the Philippines in the top half. I would say that's quite safe to say, you know, na parang madalas na it makes the Philippines look better than it's actually doing because they look at numbers of not the number of doses given. And um, we know that's not really an accurate picture because if we talk about the number of people who have been vaccinated, in terms of like the share of the population of people who received at least one dose of the vaccine, so we're not even talking about two doses yet, the Philippines actually ranks third to last among the 10 countries in Southeast Asia. But that's as of May 18. Third to last? No? So that says so much about our face. But actually, there are mga challenges, no? Pero I would like to talk to Dwight muna. Dwight, parang in the past few months, Parang ang naglalakad talaga sa on the ground ay local governments, yung mga barangay health workers, city health officials. Yes. Minsan yung mga nagmamando pa nga ay mga kagawad or mga tanod, di ba? Gaano ba kalaki or ka-crucial role ng government, ng local governments sa vaccination rollout? Jadis, well, the LGU's role is very significant. The national government receives the vaccine supply from other countries and the global vaccine sharing facility, which is COVAX, but it is the local government units, the LGUs, that are in charge of administering uh, these vaccines to the people. Alam din nila kung ano yung feel ng kanilang mga constituents when it comes to the vaccine. Like, are they hesitant to take it? What exactly their reservations are about the vaccine? What other factors might hamper their access to these shots? And what must be done to address these concerns? So we have the national guidelines on the vaccine rollout, but at the end of the day, it's the LGUs that have a big responsibility to ensure that the people benefit from the vaccines. So with that kind of responsibility, it's been months since the start of rollout. I forgot kung asang priority na yung mga different LGUs. 
Pero so far, kamusta na yung rollout sa mga LGUs? Ano yung mga challenges na nakikita so far sa local government level? Yung currently yung allowed lang ma-vaccinate sa local level ay people under categories A1 to A3, which are uh, health workers, senior citizens, and uh, persons with comorbidities. I think one notable challenge uh, that's slowly being resolved is the supply of the vaccine. On May 11, we had a visibly upset Mayor Isko Moreno lashing out at the national government over the slow delivery of the vaccine doses to the local government units. And in a way, you could, ano, you could understand this frustration because for the most part, Manila was able to conduct an orderly vaccination program. The problem is na hamper yung momentum when yung momentum nila when the vaccines are simply not there. That was the problem of some LGUs for a time. Quezon City, Manila, Pasay, these LGUs had to temporarily stop vaccination sometime in April because the supply of the vaccines already ran out. And early May, ISCO was complaining why the Department of Health kept on saying that the vaccines were already delivered to LGUs when Manila had not received their supply at the time. In pala, what happened, according to Malacanang, is that some paperwork issues stole the delivery of the vaccine to the LGUs. And I just published the article earlier today, May 19, and which said that just less than a week since the rollout, ubus na yung Pfizer vaccine sa ilang LGUs. So, siguro pwede natin sabihin, siguro possible observation na may clamor dito sa, sa vaccine brand na to. And it's difficult to keep the ball rolling, sustaining the momentum when nasa point pa tayo na hindi pa ganun ka-consistent yung ating vaccine supply. And I'm only talking about Metro Manila, but I could also assume that the LGUs outside urban areas have more difficult challenges that they are facing. For one, not all LGUs have the capability to handle vaccines that have quite intricate storage requirements. And as a result of that, not all LGUs have multiple vaccine brands as options. And that might affect the public's confidence somehow. I mean, even if you have this saying that the, the best vaccine is the one that's available, it's still a big boost when an LGU can offer multiple vaccine options. Pero just to add to what Dwight has said so far, I think when we talk about the local level din, supply aside and vaccine, the preference of people for the vaccine that they want aside, I think it's some obvious na challenge in the local level is really the sign-ups and yeah. the way that the vaccines are being rolled out on the ground sa mga vaccination sites. Because we see some people already complaining about how, or maybe you even know them personally, right? Na parang yung mga senior citizens, no March pa sila nag-sign up, pero hanggang ngayon wala pang notice or schedule from the LGU. And that's one challenge, I think, that can be addressed as soon as now, basically. Kahit hindi pa stable yung supply, or yeah. maybe because hindi pa stable yung supply, dapat i-address na ngayon bago dumating pa yung mga next na vaccine shipments. So yeah, the sign-ups being one. Your system isn't even at full capacity yet. We're still in the first three priority groups. And so you can just imagine how much more of a challenge that might be when you add more sectors into the mix, right? So the sign-up system and then the notification system, in terms of it being accessible, I know na some LGUs have rolled out manual registration din na parang papel talaga, sign up and submit this paper kind of thing. 
other LGUs have also made adjustments in the in the sense na kung eligible ka man bilang part ng A1, A2, or 3, sige, we'll accept you as a walk-in. Which is good, right? I think one thing to really keep in mind is how much flexibility is needed. Like, you may have rules in the beginning of the vaccination rollout that you wanted to implement, but when you actually implement on the ground, kung may kailangan baguhin na you're flexible enough to make that change. And so some of those past changes in the week have also been to do away with the taking of the vital signs because that's a bottleneck in vaccination sites dahil matagal yung waiting time let's say for some vital signs and kulang yung mga tao that's one thing and then also like i mentioned earlier the actual flow of vaccinations itself now that more people are getting vaccinated things are getting a little bit more complicated because you have to handle the fact that people are coming for not just their first dose but then their second dose as well so you're accepting people in giving them their first dose while accepting the people who came earlier to give them their second dose. So naturally, more people and harder crowd control. So nakikita naman natin yun sa photos, videos, TV, um, news reports that have been being shared over the last few days. So sign-ups, the flow of the vaccination itself sa local level. But yeah, so at least sa local level, I think yung mga points that need to be addressed. And just as a last note, parang to add din to what Dwight said about Seeming vaccine preferences for certain brands, one way that the DOH is mulling, I think. Wala pa namang final announcement kung i-implement talaga itong measure. Pero sabi ni Yusek Mirna Kabatahe na baka mas maganda or mas okay kung hindi mo na i-announce. Or like text blast or social media blast or whatever kung anong vaccine yung i-offer sa isang vaccination site. Which... Many people have been already debating about, but the point being that, parang yes, you may have a preference for vaccines, and people always have the right to choose or or to refuse. But of course, it comes with its own risks of getting infected while you wait. Or you know, kung sa sabiin mo talaga sa ibang tao na the best vaccine is the one in your arm when it's your turn. Kaya mo bang tapat yung yun yung sabihin na yun yung saying na yun. And Sophia, siguro I would also like to point out, yun din yung nangyari sa Manila on May 18, if I'm not mistaken. Ang daming pumili sa isang vaccination site because it's the vaccination site that offered Pfizer vaccines. So we had thousands of people lining up, tapos ang available vaccine doses lang ay 900. And other vaccination sites, halos empty, kakaunti yung mga pumila. Because yun nga, the other sites offered vaccine brands that some people may have preferred less. And to add lang din kanina din sa isang point, in terms of walk-in vaccinations, yes, some LGUs uh, allowed that. I talked to Marikina Mayor uh, Marcy Teodoro before, and he said that the reason for that is may mga senior citizens na walang access sa internet or hindi sila ganun kateki, but somehow, minsan napapadaan sila sa mga vaccination sites by chance, and the city government was ano parang grabbing this opportunity na sige, since nandito ka na and parang naiinganyo sila ng kaunti, they were also getting vaccinated. So I think, yun nga, tama yung sinabi mo na local government units also really need to adjust depending on the circumstances. Kasi may, may mga logistics concerns na kailangan i-address. Sa Manila, they also allowed walk-in vaccinations because yung Pfizer vaccine parang 
pag nagbukas ka ng isang vial, that's good for six seven people. people. Six to seven, six, yeah. Yeah, six to seven people. So, ang concern nila, paano kung hindi lahat ng seven people dumating on the day itself? Baka masayang yung vaccine. So, that's one of the ways they're adjusting to make sure na hindi ma-spoil itong vaccines natin kasi sobrang precious nito, sobrang mahal nito, and ang tagal natin itong hinintay. Bakit parang looking siguro sa Metro Manila LGUs, may mga LGUs na striving. For example, hindi naman sa bias ako dahil residente ako, doon ako nabakunahan. Pero ang Quezon City, from what I'm looking at, ang galing na rollout nila kasi hindi lang sila parang from the beginning, they only relied on the parang I think one school per district. Pero eventually, they roll out, they opened sa malls, sa mga private schools sa Ateneo. I think they have a vaccine sa Skydome, sa SM North. Tapos, parang recently ay Araneta Coliseum, nag-open sila. Parang ito ata yung biggest so far in Metro Manila, if, if I'm correct. But then we see other LGUs na medyo nagkakahirapan sa pila. I think I saw post sa Paranaque. Wala ba silang parang uh, tulungan? Kasi they're part of the Metro Manila Council. Wala ba silang parang uniform way to address these issues? Alam mo, Judas, I think that goes back to your earlier question kung gano'ng ba importante yung mga LGU sa vaccine rollout. Kasi alam natin na starting late last year, I think, conservative yon or maybe to be more conservative, early, early this year, one of the very first things that the DOH had to do was to tell LGUs, start preparing for the vaccine rollout. And when we say start preparing, they listed what things that LGUs need to be prepared for. That includes mapping out your vaccination sites from places like local health clinics, barangay health centers, private health clinics, possible mega vaccination sites like you mentioned, yung mga Araneta Coliseum. Mega vaccination sites technically include malls as well. Yung mga Ayala malls, SM malls. That was among the things that they had to do. And I think now we're seeing the quality of the planning that LGUs were able to do earlier in the year, habang wala pang mga vaccines dito. So in terms of being really, being agile enough to adapt to the increasing number of people who need to get vaccinated, you see how well yung planning was done at this point in time. And I mean, it just goes back to yung mga qualities na kailangan pa rin hanggang ngayon sa pandemic response, diba? Mm. You need to plan, but also be flexible enough to change those plans and adjust accordingly along the way when you actually roll things out and you see things that need to be tweaked and need to be adjusted. Next question ko naman sa'yo rin, Sophia, to. On a national level naman, ano yung manaykita mong challenges sa rollout so far? And were they mm-hmm. able to address this na? Like, dati di ba, ang parang pinakamalaking issue ay yung supply. Kasi mm-hmm. parang late nag-order ng different brands. Ngayon ba, ano na yung mga umuusbong na issue? Like they say, nasa-stabilize na yung supply. Pero for me, I think it's supply is still a big issue kasi napaka-erratic pa rin yung delivery schedule, diba? Like, really, fingers crossed, it's really for everybody in everyone's best interest na maging stable talaga yung delivery schedule. But you you can't account for things like, or you can't plan for things, for example, like India's COVID-19 surge, which is really battering the country. And it's it's really... Uh, sad to watch from afar and that's a big blow to that matters to everybody in the world because sila yung isang major major vaccine producer in the whole world the, the world's biggest vaccine manufacturing facility is there so expectedly it that hurts your vaccine supply and you know so supply will still be an issue i think 
aside from that, I think isa pang issue would be the number of vaccinators. Baka hindi pa eh, malaking issue ngayon dahil hindi naman activated lahat ng 4,500 plus vaccination centers that the DOH earlier identified this year. I think we're currently operating at like over a thousand, definitely. I'm not sure kung over 2,000 na. But we definitely have a lack of health workers in the country. And nakikita naman natin yun sa management of COVID-19 patients mismo. So what more when you need to spread out an already limited workforce to do another job, which is vaccinations, diba? Yeah. So I think magiging issue din talaga yung the number of vaccinators. But so far, some of the things that have been done to address that would be to have trained pharmacists to take part in the vaccination to have um, medical students also take part not sa pag-administer ng vaccines mismo pero yung mga registration consent signing um the other steps of the vaccination process and then i think maybe isang building sa house that wants to include allied professions in in the vaccination rollout and i think sa previous hearing sa congress yun yung that's one issue that wasn't really tackled in full detail na mention lang in passing pero i think that will be an issue that we'll see later on pag let's say fully activated na lahat ng mga 4500 sites or just more than what we're currently operating at today the number of people who are needed to give the vaccine and then aside from the number of vaccinators i think magiging issue rin yung allocation and distribution because now There are a lot of proposals being floated, right? Like, focus all your efforts on vaccinating Metro Manila or NCR Plus or NCR Plus 8. And while that might make sense, let's say, with the numbers, because the other research groups are saying that the math says that if you can, if you focus 90% of your efforts in, in these areas, then you can effectively control the pandemic. But then, you know, You have to think about if it's equitable, if you're really okay with leaving behind other regions in Visayas and Mindanao and other areas of Luzon as well, like in Barm or in other places. If you focus your efforts there, that means, of course, that other areas are going to get less than they're already getting now. And as we've seen over the past few days, and as we've learned, of course, over the past few months is you can never really predict what's gonna happen entirely like you can plan but you can't predict accurately and what we've seen so far in terms of the numbers of infections is that tumataas na yung mga kaso sa ilang cities in Visayas and Mindanao mga urbanized areas dun and few regions as well not as alarming let's say as Metro Manila Metro Manila is still definitely the epicenter but you don't want the situation to get worse there because then the equitable vaccine rollout in the country will, will be an even bigger problem. But I think that's also going to be one thing that the national government will continue to face months down the line, how to allocate and still make sure that the high-risk areas are getting enough to tame infections, but not to the point that you're leaving behind other regions who should also be getting the vaccine. Now that we know the challenges so far at national level and local government units on the ground rollout. I wanted to also ask you both, Sophia and Dwight, are there any parts sa paghandle ng local and national government na they can still improve based on your observation? 
or tipong nakukulangan pa kayo sa ginagawa nilang mga part na to? Ano yung mga yun? Well, ayun nga, as Sophia said, in terms of making sure na proper yung booking system natin, kasi by siguro next month, uh, in the next few months, dadami yung mga babakunahan lalo because mag-expand yung ating vaccination coverage to include economic frontline workers. And siguro intensifying then the vaccine confidence campaign because sa local level, ito sila talaga yung may kakayanan din eh, to remove doubts against their immunization drives. Yeah, no, I agree with Dwight. Huge, huge um, issue pa rin yung vaccine confidence because oddly enough, or I don't know if you would say oddly, pero tumataas kasi yung vaccine hesitancy sa Pilipinas, di ba? Mm-hmm. Nakikita natin yun sa mga surveys ng Pulse Asia, SWS, when in around September last year, according to SWS, we had around 60% of um, respondents in that survey saying na willing sila mag-vaccinate against COVID-19. But the numbers have gone down since then. And so vaccine hesitancy is a problem that we need to address. And hesitancy, I mean, when I talk to doctors about it, yung mga health workers sa barangay, mga nagsaserve sa health centers, hesitancy isn't even always the problem. I, I, parang it's not always that people are hesitant, mm. more that they are scared. Mm. And I think it needs more looking into why people are, are exactly why people are scared mm. about getting vaccinated. What are those fears, right? But interestingly, I remember asking also a doctor before, I think for a lot of people who are very much willing to get vaccinated. We take it for granted that people can be scared to get vaccinated. Yeah. And you hear really ridiculous... Right, Jodessi wrote the story about that. Yeah. Na parang may legitimate... Or it can even seem really... Sometimes it can seem funny to other people kung bakit takot yung mga ibang tao magpaturok. Pero... And maybe you can share some of the... Some of the reasons why people were scared to get vaccinated. Tama ba na parang... Some people really think that it'll alter your DNA. Yeah, and then parang one big issue rin na, at least dun sa mga na-interview ko, this was, I, I remember, in Aurora and somewhere in Romblon na yung mga issue nila is root backs to sa deng vaccine issue mm-hmm. na you've covered din, di ba? Na hindi nila maalis sa isip nila yung mga lumabas na mga story or lumabas na mga controversies mm-hmm. from the deng vaccine issue years ago. Na di ba yeah. sobrang circus nun, di ba? Meron pang pahimatay-pahimatay mm-hmm. yung persons involved. So, parang sa ganun nga, uh, you see that as a factor then Sophia? Yung vaccine issue sa vaccine hesitancy? Yeah, definitely. Kasi naalala ko yung one of the first mm-hmm. vaccine campaigns that was mounted right after the, yung Dimvaxa scandal. Pumunta ako sa Payatas for the measles vaccination there. And I remember so many of the mothers there were so, so scared. Not just the a lot of the mothers, um, but a lot of guardians were really, really scared to get their kids vaccinated against measles. And it takes a really long time for a health worker to talk a mother into getting their kid vaccinated. So, kung sa normal conditions na yun, let's, let's like no, more normal times, right? Na walang COVID, easily 30 minutes just trying to talk to the mother na parang nanay, sige na, kailangan na may protection yung anak mo against measles kasi kung hindi, malala din yung tigdas and, and all these things can happen to your kids if you don't, if you're not protected against that disease. And so, 
a lot of the times it really it's not so much parang na, sorry naalala ko kasi na yung mga kwento ng mga nanay na parang oh but my husband doesn't want our kid to get vaccinated and so parang because they're just so scared you're you're scared about the vaccine because of the vaccine all the really sensationalized news that came at that time and false news yung fake yung mga mali din or hindi pa proven na deaths linked to the vaccine which we know is not true they're scared about getting vaccinated but they're also scared of course that their children are going to get sick and it's not so much that they're so confident in the vaccine that they're going to get it but more just you know, like they're scared like you're scared to you're scared for your kid to be hurt diba you just want them to be safe so i think when we talk about sorry to go back to your question when we talk about panang ano pa yung kailangan or ano pa yung pwedeng improve i think it would be interesting to look at the more recent campaigns that have been mounted kasi may mga anti tigdasin anti polio oral polio vaccination campaigns that were done during the pandemic so you have more recent data and you have maybe more recent experiences i don't know lang if health workers were able to spend that much time with the residents but you have a more recent idea of the sentiments of people kung bakit pa sila natatakot sa mga vaccines and yeah how to address that in the messaging but aside from yung vaccine confidence i think another thing that can be improved upon now already is yeah yun all those things that we mentioned big issue pa rin yung ano <laughs> vaccine hesitancy dagdag ko lang siguro one factor din is Siguro where the vaccines came from, it's a fear that many people have had or parang they've talked about it. One time ay nakasakay ako sa jeep and the driver was saying na natatakot siya sa vaccine na to because it came down from China, ganyan. And while we have tried to debunk itong mga fears ng mga tao about certain vaccines, syempre may other factors then in play. We have to look at you know siguro our relationship with other countries and how the Duterte administration handled its relationship with other countries in terms of vaccine diplomacy parang last year we were expecting na parang Pfizer yung mauunang vaccine sa Pilipinas then we had secretary Teodoro Loxino foreign affairs saying na someone dropped the ball in the negotiations with Pfizer so siguro may mga ibang tao who thought that we're settling for something less effective. And of course, over time, you have tried to improve vaccine confidence among the public. But siguro one thing then that the Duterte administration can improve on is the optics of this entire vaccine diplomacy and vaccine negotiations. Because if they're approaching it in, paano ba? in not necessarily in a negative way, but parang hindi in line with how countries, how governments should function, then it creates a negative impression to the public. Parang yeah. tama ka nga dyan, Nodwight, no? na parang siguro ma- dapat din mag-improve yung government sa public information regarding the vaccines available para sing lumalabas or at least sa national sa discourse ay parang utang na loob, ganun, ganun, which is in fact dapat hindi ganun yung discourse na pinapush ng government natin. No? So, Thank you for giving us the overview of the situation now. Next na matipag-uusapan is yung future. But before we dive into those issues, let's listen to some rapper podcast overviews. Next time, wag ninyo akong parigin-ingin ng revolusyon. 
Naku, Diyos ko. Yan ang di mas delikado sa COVID. Kaya kung magrevolusyon kayo, you will give me the free ticket to stage a counter-revolution. How I wish you would do it. Don't understand what President Rodrigo Duterte is saying? Want to know the story behind his words? Listen to Seat of Power, Rappler's political podcast about the Duterte presidency. Hosted by me, P. Renada, Rappler's Malacanang Beat Reporter. Malinaw sa amin kung anong, anong terrorista eh. You say that the DOJ has a very clear concept of what a terrorist is, but it was also the DOJ who filed the prescription case. Well, I would like to think that that, would, that is a real, ano, that, that's a real lesson. Is there a risk though that we will never know the state of his health ever again? We can end up that way, in the same way that uh, the Supreme Court has rendered several constitutional provisions inert. How hopeful are you that this Supreme Court, under this administration, will exhibit a proactive attitude towards protecting human rights. What is before us is a Supreme Court that has overwhelmingly, for a few exceptions, one or two, in favor or on the side of the state power. A law that is not understood is a law that is easy to weaponize. I am Lian Buan, Rappler's justice reporter. Listen to Law of the Tertaland podcast. And together with leading lawyers of the country, let's unpack the pressing legal issues and the Duterte government. Hi, welcome back to Newsbreak Beyond the Stories. I am Judas Cavillan and we're here with Sofia Tomacruz and Dwight De Leon. Pinag-uusapan namin ang vaccine updates sa Pilipinas. Dwight, how are LGUs addressing yung vaccine hesitancy sa bansa? Parang di ba nga, as mentioned ni Sofia kanina, may mga campaign sila for missiles for polio vaccines before. Ano nang ginagawa nila ngayon? Kasi malaki role nga talaga ng mga barangay health workers, yung mga nagbabahay-bahay eh. Maraming pakulo yung mga LGUs at iba-iba. Depende sa kung saang LGU ka pupunta. May iba na nag-co-conduct ng drive-thru vaccinations. I think Quezon City, Makati, Santa Rosa, and Laguna, if I'm not mistaken. Then Manila, San Juan, and Taguig have home service vaccinations for bedridden residents. Quezon City also has mobile vaccine buses that travel to remote areas. Itong mga areas na parang yung mga tao, mahirapan silang pumunta diretso sa vaccine facilities. So, local government unit and directly nagdadala ng vaccine sa residents. Then, Pasay and Quezon City have this mega or giga vaccination sites, depending on how they call it, within their cities, capable of administering 1,500 up to 2,000 vaccine doses on a daily basis if there is supply. Yun yung caveat. We have some cities like Navotas. They provide free transportation for vaccine recipients. Then, yun nga, Marikin at one point allowed walk-in vaccinations. Same then with Manila. Then, San Juan City Government, according to Mayor Francis Zamora, when I talked to him, said na... The word of mouth uh, really helps. Kasi pag may nabakunahan na isang tao and realize naman yan na wala namang side effects masyado, yung vaccine or walang side effects at all, maliban dun sa mga inaasahan, then other people or other yung mga friends, relatives, they're also encouraged to take the vaccine. Just to add in a little bit to what Dwight said, I think in terms of addressing vaccine hesitancy. I'm sure LGUs are already doing this or are planning to do it already. Pero 
working closely with the medical community to help boost confidence. Because isang kailangan din dun is really to just keep explaining and explaining, right? Sa lahat ng mga concerns ng mga tao, parang just to explain and to answer all the questions that they have. I remember isang doctor who parang she's made it an advocacy really to to help increase vaccine confidence. Si Dr. Ana Ong Lim ng UPPGH. At isang a member din ng advisory group for the government is she was saying na parang it's always useful also to treat every fear as valid. Kasi like I mentioned kanina na parang sometimes you can take for granted na oh, well, tayong tatlo, diba, willing to get vaccinated and inform the man tayo about vaccines and what they do, what we're supposed to expect. Pero for people we encounter na takot pa sila, to treat their fears as valid, na hindi yung parang, ha, huh, so, napaka-outrageous naman yung, yung fear mo or whatever, or to, to belittle it. Kasi the goal is really to get people to actually receive the vaccine at the end of the day. I appreciate LGUs na pag tinanong mo sila kung ano yung status ng vaccination sa city nila or any pandemic-related update, they always cite their city health officers. So I guess that's important. And when the mayors themselves try as much as possible to adapt a scientific approach, kasi may ilan tayong, siguro may mga city governments or provincial government outside Metro Manila na parang yung naging approach nila sa buong pandemic is not necessarily scientific in nature. For example, Cebu Governor Gwen Garcia, she has made some policies na go against the scientific community. So, in overall, mas maganda na itong mga LGUs natin are adhering to what the scientific community is saying kasi doon din talaga mabuboost yung vaccine confidence among the public. Sophia, maraming beses ko narinig na, or hindi lang ako, of course, yung term na herd immunity since nag-start yung pandemic. Ano ba yung dapat malaman ng public about this term? Baka masyadong foreign for many of us itong herd immunity concept na to. Gano ba ito ka-importante sa pag-end ng pandemic? And ano yung mga factors that go into achieving herd immunity? Right. So herd immunity, yun yung isang isa pang term or big goal that the government has. No? So earlier this year, they had a goal to reach herd immunity by the end of the year. But it's looking a lot less likely now dahil nga sa erratic supply and all these unknowns that you that get in the way of reaching that goal. So parang yung goal nila ngayon is to reach that in NCR plus 8. But goals aside, when we talk about herd immunity, isang goal yun ng vaccination efforts. So herd immunity talks about the proportion of a population that needs to be vaccinated nga in order to achieve a level of protection na you you can even protect people who haven't been or cannot get vaccinated against COVID-19. So there's a whole mathematical equation to that, no? But ballpark figure is that the minimum coverage you want to reach is 70% of the population to reach yun nga, herd immunity. And it's important, when we talk about herd immunity, I think naging relevant ulit yung the choices that you have as an individual, diba? Because yun nga, we've been talking a lot about vaccine hesitancy, 
we've been talking a lot about vaccine, the, a certain preference for a vaccine brand. Those things can get in the way of achieving herd immunity, which is a, one of the ultimate goals that you want to reach, not just as a country or not just as an LGU or a region or a country, but you know, for the world if we want to really get over this pandemic. And so when we talk about herd immunity, it's really important that enough people get vaccinated because you can have individual protection, right? If you've gotten vaccinated already, but until you can give the vaccine to the majority of the population, you really won't reach herd immunity. And when we talk about all these issues like vaccine hesitancy and willing to get vaccinated but you preference for a certain brand, herd immunity is not reached in, you know, through a single person alone. You don't achieve herd immunity just by thinking of yourself. So yun nga, in terms of achieving that, it really needs, it's really in scale. And also yun nga, how fast you can achieve it. Kasi isang, isa pang factor na nakikita natin ngayon is the presence of those variants that are making, that is making that goal a little bit more elusive. Not just in the Philippines, but yun nga, all over the world. So parang with the possibility of variants, no, na, di ba we have existing variants now. But since, as we know, di ba, as we mentioned in past episodes na, the virus is evolving. So parang yung phase ng vaccination dapat natin ay maunahan natin yung pag-evolve ng virus kasi kunyari may mag-evolve ba any existing vaccine natin hindi siya enough para address yung mga bagong vaccine ay bagong variants. Magkakaproblema tayo. So mm-hmm. ang goal ngayon is bilisan talaga yung vaccination rollout natin. At kailangan talaga maging malawak, 'di ba? Yun din yung isang yeah. problema sa buong mundo, hindi yeah. lang sa Philippines na ala lahat ng vaccines na pupunta dito sa isang region lang, pero nakita mo yung ibang bansa, yun din yung ibang yun din yung usapan, 'di ba? Sa World Health Organization mismo na parang yung vaccine inequity yung uneven rollout of the vaccines na may mga ibang countries na actually hindi pa sila nagpag-vaccinate ng kahit isang tao. Mm. That makes it harder for everybody to get protected kasi yun nga, paano kung may isang variant na magpapop-up sa isang country na I don't know, knock on wood, pero yun nga, the vaccine can't address it. And then you just have the same problem. You never solve the problem basically. Yeah. So parang yung issue dito no parang hindi lang siya sa willingness ng isang taong pabakuna but also the willingness of other countries to share their supplies. Malaking issue ngayon yun eh, di ba? Like with the western countries and then you see what's happening in India now. Mhm. Da mention mo kanina na medyo malabo na ata yung this year na herd immunity sa buong Pilipinas. Meron ba minibigay na parang estimate naman ng experts na ilang population dapat natin yung mabakunahan na para ma-achieve tong herd immunity? At meron bang parang ballpark figure or estimate kung kailan ito pwede mangyari? Well, right now, scientists peg herd immunity to be about 70% of a population. No? You need to vaccinate 70% of a population to reach that. So for the Philippines, that would be around 70 million, if I'm not mistaken. Kasi mga 100 million tayo, di ba? Mm. In terms of population. So yeah, so 70 million is the number that you want to reach to achieve herd immunity. But at the rate we're going, big question mark pa yan. <laughs> Some people are saying not even 2022, but maybe 2023 pa nga eh, yung timeline. But I don't know, the government is still optimistic about it being reached in. If not this year, then early next year. Kasi I think if they're looking at it supply-wise, kung may 140 million doses na dadating sa Pilipinas, divided by two, 70 million. So... Yeah. But you know, supply is one issue. 
definitely. Pero yun nga, as we've been talking about for the past, for this podcast, isang malaking issue din yung mismong rollout ng mga vaccines at yun nga, yung willingness ng mga tao magpabaguna. In the next few weeks, Dwight and Sophia, ano dapat yung pag-focus ng governments pagdating sa vaccination rollout? If they were to focus on one thing lang, ano dapat ito? Alam natin na yung national government is preparing to vaccinate more people, people under category A4 to be exact by next month. You'll definitely expect a rise in the number of people wanting to be vaccinated. So LGUs must make sure that the public still adheres to COVID-19 protocols. Sana maiwasan natin yung mga nababalitaan natin in recent days na yung ilang mga vaccination sites eh, dinadagsa ng mga tao. Yeah, so just to add again to what Dwight said, the challenge is really huge. Ang dami pang kailangan go in and to plan for. When we talk about things that the government should focus on, there's no just one thing that they need to do. They, I mean, as has been the whole pandemic, the response is really on so many levels. So kailangan i-refine or i-improve yung mismong sign-up system, yung pag-notify, the actual vaccination rollout dun sa mga centers. Tapos, yun nga, like Dwight mentioned, kasi nga, supposedly mag-uumpisa na yung vaccination ng A4, your economic frontliners, that's a huge segment of your population again. So if you're already having a hard time now addressing pain points and how to improve those, it will be really important to making sure that the rollout is smooth when you reach when you open the vaccination to even more people. And then, of course, vaccination is, as we know, as many experts have pointed out, is also really just one facet of the whole response to the pandemic. Really, really important, of course. We can't downplay how important that is. But it's not the only thing that needs to be paid attention to. Kailangan tuloy pa rin yung ibang measures, testing, tracing, contact tracing, isolation, and, you know, the treatment of patients as well. Kasi habang naroroll out yung mga vaccines, the virus is still there. And sometimes it moves faster than we do and, and our vaccination does. And so parang kailangan pa rin mag-focus tayo dun sa ibang strategies that are already there. Pati, of course, yung, mga, yung pagsusunod sa mga minimum public health standard. Kasi kahit na-vaccinate ka na, kailangan mo pa rin diba, mag-suot ng face mask and do the usual things that we've been doing for the past year. So, malaki talaga yung challenge. What happens if hindi masunod yung mga priorities ito, yung mga challenges na you mentioned the first part of our podcast will be left unaddressed in the coming months. Ano yung worst-case scenario na nakikita niyong dalawa? Well, ako, at this point, ano, well, madadelay yung ating return to the new normal. Actually, nadelay na siya ng maraming beses siguro. But, you know, I mean, we've been on lockdown for over a year now and you can just imagine Actually, not imagine, we've been experiencing it, kung ano yung effects nito on our mental health. And I think many people are just excited or are just hoping to return to their old lives. So for me, that's the worst case scenario that we have already experienced. Pero kung fast track natin siguro yung mga bagay-bagay para bumalik na tayo sa dati natin nakagawiang buhay. In terms of worst case scenario, yes, same as what Dwight said and to add to that 
I think isang worst case scenario kasi dadating na talaga yung mga vaccine sets. It's not so much if very early in the year we were the question on our minds is if we would even have any vaccines. Nasagot na yun eh, di ba? So hundreds of millions of doses are going to arrive here. So I think one of the worst case scenarios would be that once it gets here we're we haven't improved what we need to improve para hin- walang wastage. Kasi sobrang limited yung mga supplies, di ba? Like we feel that here as a country kasi ngayon lang tayo nag, nag-vaccinate ng ibang tao pero while other countries are finishing up or are way ahead. But, you know, the Philippines is also just one country who's experiencing that and, you know, really every dose is, is so important and so you don't want to waste anything because it means that sayang kasi that one dose could have been to protect somebody else as well. And aside from, you know, wasting vaccines being a uh, Worst case scenario, I think. Yeringa, that the return to normalcy will be delayed even further. And of course, it's been hard on all of us, but that's really scary to think about that madidelay pa further because it means that, you know, every day that you don't get to return to normal sooner than you can. That means somebody's left behind even further, diba? Parang it drives further inequities that are already present in your country. People need to go back to work. People need to be able to earn a living more stably and to yun nga, return to normal so that they can support themselves and their families. Sobrang jarring yung mga worst-case scenarios na na-mention ninyo na first is delayed return to normal si masasayang na mga vaccine if hindi maayos yung pag-rollout or mataas pa yung vaccine hesitancy. And third decision is yung economic implications ng delayed na pagbalik sa normal. But I wanted to end this podcast on a very practical note. No? Dwight, if I want to get vaccinated, what should I do? Well, you have to find a social media page of your city. Usually, they have a website linked. Pre-register for vaccination. If you are a senior citizen, a person with comorbidities, or a health frontline worker, you're already eligible for vaccination. So just coordinate with your LGU. Book online if there are slots. Wait for a text. Make sure you have the requirements with you when you go to the vaccination site. And get vaccinated. If you're not a health worker or person with comorbidities or a senior citizen, just Google under which category you fall into. And maraming under A4. And you might fall under that category. So take that chance to get vaccinated when the national government gives the go signal. So parang your first contact or your first point of contact really will be either your LGU or your barangay. Mm-hmm. At least kahit hindi ka papasok sa categories na inaalohan ng vaccine ngayon, better be prepared no? kasi baka biglang dumating yung maraming supplies, tiradiretso nan. Thank you so much Dwight and Sophia for joining me today for this podcast episode. And for giving us updates regarding situation ngayon sa ating bansa pagdating sa vaccine rollout natin na very important sa pagtapos ng pandemya. Thank you for having us. Thank you. And thank you listeners for tuning in. If you would like to be updated on this and other issues, huwag kalimutan na i-follow ang Rappler Newsbreak sa Facebook pati na rin sa Twitter. Kung gusto mo naman access to exclusive content and events, pwede ka sumali sa Rappler Plus. Kung meron ka naman gusto na topic na you think we should discuss in our podcast, pwede ka mag-email sa investigative at atwa.com. Again, I am Jaleska Villan, and this is Just Break Beyond the Stories.